Okay, so today Daf is Daf Yud, and the Gemara picks up from the discussion we had in the Mishnah yesterday. That we said is that if you have a mixture of food that's Masashen and Chulin, and it, as a result of the two components, it increases in value. How you put it in terms of how do you calculate the increase in value? Do we look at proportions of the original ingredients, or do we say all the Shebach goes to Masashen? And we said at the time the Klal that was presented in the Mishnah was it says Zeh Klal. Anytime the shevach, the contribution of sevachulim, is recognizable, then we say that that is uh, we go the fichesbon. We look proportional to the original ingredients, that, and that's how much we sort of divide or share the increase in value when we're trying to work out how to redeem it. And that was a case, for example, of putting honey and spices in wine. That was one example. However, when the shevach is not nikar. That was a case of using chulin firewood to bake, bake bread. We said that all the shevach goes to Master Shani. Now the question is, what is considered nikar? And that's a machloket. Am Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan says, Kol she'esh bo hotir mida ha-shevach lefichesvan, b'kol she'ein bo hotir mida, where you say ha-shevach l'sheni. In other words, what is considered nikar according to Rabbi Yochanan? In a word, it is volume. If there's an increase in volume as a result of the chulin, then we say, okay, um, we have a, that's one now we have to look at, we consider the contribution of the chulin and we look at increase in value proportional to say, again, if it was, say, uh, using our example, it was uh, $2, $2 worth of uh, master sheni and $1 worth of master of chulin. And now it's as a result of the combination, now it's worth $4. We don't so, say that you have to redeem the, um, this, the master sheni from it for $2 plus a $1 increase, but only two thirds of that $1 increase. However, Rabbi Shimon says, In other words, Rabbi Shimon, he says, it's not a result. It's not, nikar doesn't mean a change in volume. It's whether you have a perceptible taste change. You can taste the contribution of the chulin. That's when you start saying, then we look at it proportionally. And that's, uh, both of them sort of fit in with the cases of Mishnah, because in the case of firewood, it was be used, and we said all the shevach goes to Masasheni. It didn't contribute a flavor, and it did not contribute any volume. So that's how it works. Now, Gemara is going to say as follows. Matnitam pligi al-Rebi Yochanan. Um, we have a, uh, it says here, Matnita pligi. Oh, actually, the firewood case is what was brought as a kashi now, sorry. It says, Matnita pligi al-Rebi Yochanan. Our Mishnah seems to call it on Rebi Yochanan. It says, Isa shel Masasheni, sha'afayapat. We said in the case of where you're baking bread, use chulin firewood, the increase in value is kulin Now, according to um, Rabbi Yochanan, that would be a problem. Why is it a problem? Is because you can visibly see the change in volume of the bread as a result of rising in the oven. So therefore, you can see the contribution as a physical change such that, that, um, so, so therefore, so therefore you should consider the value of the wood according to the principle of Yochanan Seth. According to Rebish Lakish, makes a lot of sense. There was no taste contribution. That's why it's not considered nikar. That's why all the shevach goes to Masasheni. According to Rabbi Yochanan, there was a change in the, it was mid, in the middle, in the volume. So therefore, why does a Mishnah say that we don't include the shevach, the contribution of the Maser, uh, of the chulin to the increase in value? So he says, "Patala b'she'ein ta'in tamo." You can take out the tamo. Shvach or nikar. So one explanation is is where it didn't rise. So for, he says, "Kagon tifcha ha'isa." That's the way Rabbi Yochanan would explain the Mishnah. For example, I assume you're cooking like pita or Turkish bread or something. Maybe maybe Turkish bread rises, but like something like a pita, where it doesn't necessarily rise, or a, or a, or a, I don't know. 
you could, I'm not an expert in breads, but you get the point. There wasn't, the, we have a situation where there was no change in the middle. That's why Rabbi Yochanan, that's what Rabbi Yochanan says the Mishnah is referring to. I've got another case. We said in the case, another case in Hamishnah, we said if we, if the fish was cooked with kaflutot or masasheni, kaflutot was satabavangin, we said. And the, as a result, it increases the, uh, the value. We say, which means that's a case where it is considered nikar. Okay. Now, according to Rish, like if it makes a lot of sense, why is it nikar? Because the flavor of the onions has gone into the fish. It's very simple. However, according to Rabbi Yochanan, we have a problem. There wasn't an increase in volume to the fish as a result of the onions or these kaflotot that were added. All it's done is contributed some sort of a flavor. So why do we say it goes lefi cheshbon? Why do we consider the value or the contribution of the chulit? So the Rabbi Yossi, B'Shem Rabbi Yoshaya says, Tifta shebishel shneim kechad. We're talking about that it was actually cooked together. Cooked together to such, a, such an extent that if you're cooking the onions and the fish, it's very hard to separate them to, between the two. And therefore, it resulted in an increase in volume. That's why Rabbi Yochanan says it's shevach lefi cheshbon. We do consider the contribution of the chulit. Okay. It's impossible to start separating the two once they've been cooked up nicely together. So therefore, the contribution is one, we've increased the volume. However, now, the Grahi moves things around a bit, but um, you'll see why, because it's interesting how the flow of the Kismara works. But let's continue. But what about if you, that's, that only makes sense when they're again cooked together, like we just said. So I'm just repeating myself. However, now Rabbi Yonah B'Shem Rabbi Oshaya says, Ba'i Hagah V'atzimachah. She'bishel zebif n'atzol v'zebif n'atzmol v'irven. Kulum yesh dagim elatam kaflutot v'kaflutot elatam dagim. So the kash of the Gemara is as follows. It says, but one second. What happens though if they were cooked separately? You cook the, these kaflutot separately, you cook the fish separately, and then put them together to absorb a tam. There they can be separated. But nonetheless, it would seem that since the Mishnah didn't mechalek in that case, it would seem then that um, that we still say that the shevach lefi cheshbon. Now that really only makes sense according to Resh Lakish, because since it was a contribution of the tam, we look at the we consider the chulin's value or contribution to the increase in value. Um, whereas according to Rabbi Yochanan, that would be a case where it shouldn't be. Now I'll read you. I'll read the Ma'afulda. He says, this is in the middle of Dirumatrivan. He says, Im King Kasha. If that's a case, meaning that case clearly Rabbi Yochanan would hold that Shevach would be Fashani, because there was no increase in value. All it has is got the time of this kaflutok, because they were cooked separately and then sort of just placed together to absorb the time. So Im Keri says, Kasha, Hayalatana Nami Lechalek Bahachi. In other words, rather than the Mishnah going on and bringing the case to the, the uh, opposite case where we say, Kulo Shevach Lamasashani. What's the case of Mishnah brought? The case of Mishnah brought was where you use chulin firewood to bake bread. It could have been mechalik in that case itself. It should have said that, oh, if it was cooked together, that's when we say that the shevach is a vicheshbon. If it's cooked separately and then put together, that's when you say shevach l'masa sheni. Within itself. Shouldn't have brought the distinction between two cases of Dagi and Isa. You know, that you could have just made a more fine distinction. So therefore, it's quite clear. Let's read the Shrot he says, He says differently. Why does it say it was cooked? Why don't you simply say that it was mixed? 
Ella al korkach bata sheba chatam azliran therefore kareish lakish. So this at this stage seems to be a real strong proof shitareish lakish that what's what's considered the, the nikar hashevach. It's the tam and not the change in volume. Okay. However, the Gemara continues. Madnita pligi. We've got another issue. Kasher on Rabbi Yochanan. It says isha shalem mechaber tavlinim. Now here, this takes us to the laws of. Uh, this is actually Masechta Beitza, but um, but really the laws of Tchumim, uh, because when a person's not allowed to walk beyond um, two thousand amot from the edge of the city, or where they place their eruv Tchum, and similarly, their property can't be taken there as well. You can't give you if if let's say you put your eruv Tchum to one side of the city, to the west. Therefore, you lose how far you can go to the east. You can't give your property to someone in a city who hasn't made eruv Tchum to take it further than you can go to the east even though they can go that way. So here, the Mishnah says, If a woman borrowed some ingredients to make some bread from her friend, to make some dough, we say, since there's contribution from lots of different people, that means different people have ownership in it, we, that Isa can only go as far as all of them can go. Right? So the overlap, if you like, between the two Tchumen. That's what the Mishnah says. So we see here that what, despite the fact there was no increase in 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 uh, in volume, that nonetheless we say that the, uh, in other words, if, if it's spice being added, that hasn't changed the volume. But nonetheless, we consider the contribution of the spice. It seems to be a catch on Biyochan, okay? Because Biyochan says that it's um, that only if it increases in volume do we do we consider the contribution. So the Gemara says no, don't bring a kasha from Erev Tchumim. Why? Because it's a different topic altogether. In other words, when it comes to tchumim, it's an issue of dine mamonot, meaning who has a chelek in this dough and who has ownership in this dough. And when we determine who has ownership in this dough, then we can see how far, where it can be, where, where it can be taken. Again, the overlap of all the various owners where they can carry it. It's not an issue of tam or not, because even if it doesn't increase the midah, you don't, you don't say the mamonot is batel. So therefore, we say that's a different case altogether, because it's in terms of who has a financial share in it, and not a matter of, uh, of like contribution of tam or midah. I'll read you Reb Chaim, just uh, for benefit. Um, he says, In other words, by Eruv Tchumim, we go by Dine Mamonot. So therefore, whoever has a financial share, by Tchumim, we say that impacts the laws of Tchumim. We don't treat it the same, we don't use the same tools or halachic principles that we do by the world of Isurim. Because in Isurim, you have concepts of Bittul and other things, that if it's not significant, it can be Mavatel, things like that. But, but when it comes to this case of dough, Financially, the person who contributed the spices, they have a chelek. She has a chelek in the stove. Even if isurim wise it might be battle, financially she has a chelek. In other words, even though it was only borrowed, it doesn't really matter what he's saying here. It still considers if she has a financial contribution or share into this dough. And that's why for the laws of Tchumim, we consider it, even though by Surum we don't. So in other words, different parts altogether. It says as follows, Tehle lecha shulken, the taman amrim b'shem rab chista, v'lo adan imishmua imimanita, that was said there, being 
in sorry in Bavel in the neighbor of Chisa. We don't know if it was Mishmua that he heard from his rabbeim or was from a brayta. It says Afilu Eitzim. In the case of Tchumim, even the person that contributed wood to the baking of this bread would impact where this bread can go by the laws of Tchumim. So, and we say, but we say, clearly in our case, the Mishnah, everyone agrees that the contribution of firewood doesn't impact the laws of like the increase in value of Masashani. So you see absolutely clearly that the laws of Tchumim, in terms of because it's impacted by financial matters, and the laws of Masashani, which is a din of Isurim or not, are two completely different worlds, and you can't bring one as a kasha on the other. Okay, let's continue. Now we say, Maninda pligi al Rabbi Shimon. We've got a, now a kasha on Rabbi Shimon. Ben, sorry, Shimon Lakish. Says, Tavshil shamasasheni So if you've got a tavshil of Masasheni and you added tavlinim, then we say the shevach goes to sheni, Masasheni. Okay? Importantly here, this is going to be kasha on Rabbi Lakish. You can see quite clearly it's kasha on Rabbi Lakish because it, despite the fact it contributed tam, we still all the shevach goes to sheni. The increase in value we don't we don't look we don't look at the contribution. Let's just continue now. Take out from patar to bahatani. So take another line. He says tavshil shelchulin shetiv lo sheni lo yatsa masa sheni pidyono. If you've got a cooked food of 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 chulin and you add spices of masa sheni, then you wouldn't ever be able to pot it. What does it mean you'd be able to pot it? So meaning if I've got a normal cooked food and I use spices of masasheni to spice this food, I wouldn't ever be able to put it because that masasheni is the end of mamash. I can't identify it. There's no substance. It's been completely dissolved in the solution. All we're dealing with is what is just the bliot, the, the absorbed flavor. And you can't put it tam. You can only put it Products of Masashini. So therefore, So therefore, the second case where you have a pot of chulin um, and you add Masashini spices, you wouldn't be able to pot it, you wouldn't be able to dream, you'd have to take it to Rishalayim. Okay. But let's go back to the first case. The first case, however, was that, and that all these changes I'm still kind of done by taking it out and explaining the explanations of Kuntrochaim again, because again, different ways of explaining it. But um, let's go to the first case. The first case was that of Masashini. And you've added tavlin and afulin. And what? It says all the shevach goes to masasheni, the increasing value. We don't look at the contribution. We don't look at the value of the, 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 uh, the tavlin that were added. So al Rabbi Yochanan, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense because there was an increase in volume. So therefore, you don't look at the contribution. However, Rish Lakish has got a kasha. He says it's got to do with the tam contribution. And since there Presumably, there was a contribution of time. That's why I added the tavlinim. Why do we say all the shevach goes to Masasheni? We should consider the value of the chulin tavlin when we added. So the Gemara answers no. Meaning, it has to be that there's a shvach nikar, meaning it has to be that the contribution of the time is really recognizable. Okay? Meaning, you have to be able to taste from this food and go, oh, that has common in it. Not that. I can't identify the spices. So I'll just read Ruchaim. He says, even though it might have contributed flavor, So here we see a more refined understanding, if you like, of, 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 of Rishim Lakish, that it's not a matter of just contributing any flavor. As the flavor has to be distinguishable. The contribution of the Chul in order to say that now we consider it when we're evaluating 
the Meister Shaley value in, in that, that, yes, it increased the, um, the, va- the total value of the mixture, but does, do we now consider the proportional value of the Chulin contributed or not? And the answer would be, only if it was much recognizable. Then we can say we look at the increased proportional to the ingredients. Okay, let's look at the next uh, Mishnah. So in the previous mission, we said that can be used and rubbing on our skin. The Mafarshim here, most of them explain um, that uh, also Rechaim um, goes according to that line. He says what it means is Rabbi Shimon's cholik. He says you can't use Masasheni for sicha, rubbing on one's skin. Now the Rambam Rashi goes into a lot of length. There are other ways of explaining it because of. Um, that it's not not exactly under all circumstances, under particular circumstances, but to keep with the, the style of the shir, we're going to keep it simple and just go that understand kapshuto that Reb Shimon is cholek that you can't use uh, this uh, oil of mas sheni v'sicha. So Amr lo Reb Shimon. They said Reb Shimon, I don't understand. Imekel but truma chamura. If we make it with truma that is more chamur, now the uh, assumption is it's still clearly more chamur. The Gemara is going to refine it a bit further. But um, the uh, is more chamor because you know a czar can't eat it, and yet you can rub it on your skin. Shouldn't we be more also makel to allow rubbing on one's skin from masasheni that mutar lazarin? So why are you suddenly be more machmir by masasheni? Anwar says Amale malo hekel betruma chamura makom shaker bakarshinim v'tiltan. So the response of Rabbi Shimon is, as, we'll, as we're going to see in the, in the continuation of the Mishnah here, is that you think Truma's Mokhamur, because it's Asur Lazarim to non-Kohanim, actually we find other halachas where Master Shani is Mokhamur than Truma. So therefore you can't draw a Kalvachomer from Truma to, to, to permit Sicha by Master Shani. Very, very often that we make Yotir Kal thinks more chamur actually in the halacha in the execution in order to preserve to mechazeket like exera or a thing yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but he's not bringing that rationale. He's trying to say, look, there are other. It's not vade that it's chamur. You you pick one law that's chamur, but I can pick another law where it's actually masasheni is chamur. But you're right. In other words, for example, you see by the Rabbanat, things like oh, you'll tell me fine. So these are the two cases of karshinim and tiltan. Now karshinim are um, is uh, karshinim is like vetches and tiltan is fenugreek. Okay, the, the difference between these two things we're going to go through them is they're not really human food. Okay, um, so we'll go for the first one. Tiltan, it's not. I read Reb Chaim says love ochel gamur so papa ve'inu hegbo truma umayse el mushumik tzad ben adam achlamata. You know some people eat it. That's why we're not to have laws of. Uh, apply the laws of um, truma and masasheni to it, but it's not really ochel gamor. Therefore, we'll see there's some leniencies. It says as follows: Tiltan shel masasheni tochal tzimchonim. Now, tochal tzimchonim. There's again different ways of explaining the the the, the pnei Moshe Marafulda explained like the Mefarsha Mishnah, which is like I mean, when I say like Patanur things like that, it says in other words, you 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 eat you sorry you must eat them. It says tochal tzim sorry teachel tzimchadim. I read it with my folder in So tzimchonim here, he understands as being um, when they're vegetables, when they're moist. You can't leave them to grow. And therefore, they won't be raw. But truma, when it comes to truma, 
to help you're allowed to eat them simchon abiyavashim. So you see here, this is the, if you like, the chumra by, uh, by Master Sheni. That the chumra Master Sheni, you can only eat them when they're still edible to human beings, which is with simchonim. Uh, which is interesting because the Reb Chaim have, have explains it differently. He's not saying that you must eat it that way. And again, the, the Rosh Hashanah goes on for a, a great length regarding trying to understand what it means to Chal Simchonim. But he, he, I'll read Reb Chaim inside. Perush, he explains the case totally differently. He says, Im zara You plant a Masashin and it grew. Therefore, the Gidulim there are Masashin. Okay, I'll just skip it a little bit. The Kamash the Afagav Shalim Lo Gidlo, despite the fact it hasn't grown fully, you're allowed to eat it even simchonim. He understands when it's immature. The law chashiv have said it's not considered losing a veikilubetzilchanchayinogochalgamor. So in other words, he understands this statement's got nothing to do with talking about how master sheni is muhamur than truma, but just a separate law by tiltanchay master sheni you can eat them even it's in an immature state and it's not considered wasting it. Okay, but then where is the chumrah we find by Master Shani you don't find by Truma? And it's this case. It says, Vishel Truma, if you've got tilts on this um, fenugreek, I think it is, of, of Truma, it says, Bechamarim komase batara, that you have to ensure that as a cousin become tame, or masim do batara, chutz mechafifata, because they would use tiltan as like a first, like washing hair for shampoo. Okay, in other words, Arigirib Chaim, it says, Tiltan shel truma came under love ochel gamur. It's not really for what you can use it to shampoo your hair. Meaning who kohenet meaning specific kohenet rasha. The law mikra hefs is not considered wasting truma. Normally you can't use truma normal truma in that manner. But kamba dochol fevda filu betuma. You can even do it instead of truma, even though making a tame. The kiman because it's love ochel gamur. Well, since it's not really food, hitiru chafifata batuma. That's why they permitted um, shampooing with this thing, even instead of truma. However, all the other things you want to do with it, so people recognize that this is, we treat it as truma. In other words, Beit Shama says we do afford a leniency, the because it's not really ochel anyway. However, since we treat it as truma because some people do eat it, other things have to be, you have to treat it with tahara. Beit Hillel or says no, everything you can do with tuma. Because it's not really food, chutz mishri shiriata, except for soaking it, because that's when it's machshel kabel tuma. That's when it becomes susceptible tuma, and it's if you soak it in a, and you're in a state of tuma, you, it appears you're like being metame biyadai. Okay. Next case. What about the so? However, however, that's the leniency by truma. Reb Chaim explains that you don't find by truma. When it, if it's truma tiltan, kol maaseh batari, you can't make it tamer. You can't make it. Sorry, if it's master sheni seri, kol maaseh batara. I mean, meaning when it's Master Sheni Tiltan, you can't use it for Chafivata, you can't make a tummy, you have to keep it instead of Tahara. So, in other words, that's, the, that's what Rabbi Shimon is pointing to as being the cooler by Truma, that there is a context in which you can make a tummy, whereas Master Sheni, you can't. Next, Karshinim, these are our vetches. Now, importantly here, these are Karshinim. And also, um, they're also Machel Behemahen, it's not really Alchel Adam. Uh, however, when would people eat them that eat it in times of famine when they're really pressed for eating, for not having food? Therefore, that's why, again, very similar to the tiltan, we treat it, um, we, they treat it with truma like masasheni. So, kashini masasheni, yocholot simchonim. Once again, it'd be eaten simchonim. So, how have you answered simchonim? I wrote the two explanations before. Venichnasim l'shalim v'yotzim. Now, normally, when masasheni food goes into your shalim, you can't take it out again. However, when it comes to these, these, uh, karashinim, they can be taken out of your shalim, but importantly, in Mahfarashim, he explained Lipsorech. Okay, that's another leniency. However, Nitme'u, what happens if they become Tameh? So Rabbi Tarfon Omer, Yitpardu li'isot v'chachamim o'miyiftu. 
Now, normally when Master Shani becomes Tameh, what can happen? You can, you can simply pot it. You redeem it. And that's exactly what the Chachamim say. However, Rabbi Tarfon's Machmir, he says you can't pot it. Why? Because it's really only animal food. And generally, we have a principle of in potting kochim klavim. You know, when we don't allow someone to redeem hektesh like a korban that died simply to feed it to a dog. Okay, so he said the same thing applies here. So therefore, what you do, you paradolis it or you break them in small pieces, mix it up with with other bread of masasheni, but small amounts that it won't make a tummy. Okay, may mean other masasheni tummy. Okay. However, now the shell truma, if you have these uh, these karshim of truma, we find a similar debate in terms of how we uh, deal with it with tumantara. So the first understanding, Beshameh says, Shorin Beshafim Betara, if you're soaking it or rubbing it, say for rubbing it on one skin, another understanding when you're rubbing it to remove the shells of it, that has to be a Matara. Umachilan, however, to feed it to animals, since it's really only animal food that you can do Betuma. Again, we find a similar Machloket between Beshameh Bethila, we saw by Tiltan. In other words, really it's animal food, but we needed some sort of Heker to say, look, this is really Truma, so therefore, certain, with certain respects with Machmir, certain respects with Mekil. Bedhilal as well is more Mekil. They say, Shorin Betara, when it comes to soaking it, they have to do Betara, however, Shafid Machlan Betuma, but the other activities you do with that can be done in the Tuma. Shammai says, Yochal Tsarid. Now, Tsarid literally means, like, dry. So, it says, I'll read Ruchayim, it says, Afagav De'ochlin Betuma, despite the fact you can eat it in a state of Tuma, Yovesh. You still have to eat it, meaning this truma um, is uh, this truma karshinim, dry, kagun kleyot, so parched, for example. So people doesn't, so it's not recognizable that it's uh, acceptable to tuma, and it looks like you're eating tuma, tru, tu, tu, so tuma betuma. Rabbi Kiva says, when it comes to this, uh, this karshinim, since it's animal food, there's no issue with it. You can do the whole thing, but Tuma, even soak it in a state of Tuma. Okay. Now the Gemara asks as follows. Let's just uh, finish, just get to the end of the duff. It says, My kilo but Tuma. What's the cooler that we find by Tuma? Now, what's even the question? So Reb Chaim says, is because it says, It says, If we're leaning with Tuma. Now, the problem is, what does it mean, So, the Reb Chaim understands that it might, implies that we're not just talking about the fact you can sach with it, but it must be some other, um, uh, the referring to some other tzad kula we find by truma. Okay? So, in other words, uh, it says, um, there's an extra kula. So the answer is, it says, the tani sach hua koen shemen shal truma, umuvi ben so a Kohen, what is able to do, he's allowed to rub some oil on his stomach from, of Truma. And then he's allowed to bring his grandson or grandchild, I should say, that is a uh, that is that is in Israel, because his daughter may have married in Israel. And he can the ch- child can rub against his like it could be on his stomach and get have all, some of the oil rub on him, and it wouldn't be a problem. Why wouldn't it be a problem? Because once it's rubbed on himself, it's not really considered trauma anymore. That's the cooler, that's the other cooler, Mahikil but trauma that was so make it with trauma. Okay, that's that's the understanding. Yeah, way, would he take it, what would he take would the grandchild take it off the stomach of the grandfather and then put it on or directly? No, directly, he's, he's rolling on it. No, directly, you're allowed to do that. Even the grandchild, but he's he's not a coin. That's what I just said. I'll read Rav Chaim. Despite the fact he's going to get it on him, no, 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 no,
No, I understand. But after the coin rubbed on himself, and then already that point, it's not considered true anymore. And the child can sit on his stomach and become. um, This is this is a glass of truma. This is a glass filled with truma. Now I'm I'm a coin. I'm taking it out and putting it out. Now my grandchild comes. Is he a soil? What does he do? He takes. He he, he can lie on the stomach. From the glass. glass, Not not inside the glass. On the stomach. No. Where does he take it from? The oil. Who? The son? You're the grandchild. No, yes. he's mit Galgel. He's not taking it anywhere. He's just lying on his father, his grandfather's stomach, whatever it is. And oh, he's oh, okay. because it was already made uh, in, 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 a, in, a, in a schmear. But yes. When it's, still, when it's still in the original state, he's not allowed to take no, it. No, correct, 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 correct. Oh, obviously, wow. correct, correct, correct. Yeah. Okay. No, the, the Gomorrah does the same with Galgel. Mi vi truma ben bito, shall you sort umagalo? Oh, I thought it meant that he that he can smear like that kind of rolling pin. You can roll him on your stomach, right? Okay, got it, got it, got it. Sorry. Okay, fine. That's sort of the actual cooler. Interesting. The Rus says that this is actually what we're talking about. This is actually the demachloke between Rabbi Shimon and Chachamim. This is his understanding of the sugya, not whether you can rub it on your own skin. Remember, I said to you, there's Rabbi Shimon and Chachamim. A simple understanding. Rabbi Shimon says you can't use it at all. To Rosh Hashanah, just to be a benefit, he says that's actually what the Machlok is about, whether the child can then, even if it's Master Shani, do that. But I'll just put that aside. That's just for your own like further learning, if you like. So Amr Yochan, Rabbi Yochan says, Ken is Shibu Divrei Sofer in the Divrei Torah. So the observation, if you like here, I think that's the only way to really understand it is, is that, so again, what's Machlok between um, to, to, between uh, Chachamim and Rabbi Shimon? We said, is the Chachamim said, look, Truma is more Machmir, it's Asul Azarin. Nonetheless, what? Nonetheless, you're allowed to rub it on your skin. So, so Master Shani, which is, which is, which is, should be able to rub it on your skin. And what did Rabbi Shimon say? Rabbi Shimon pointed to Tiltan and Karshinim and says, look, that's a case where Master Shani is more machnir. So don't bring him in proof you can't do a Kavachomer. So the Chachamim say that doesn't, that will, so the Rabbi Yochanan says, look, Chachamim are applying an indoor writer. And the cal- and the counter argument that Rabbi Shimon's trying to present is a dindurabanan. So that kind of uh, it's like it's almost I don't know I'm not sure if it's pulling out a red card here, but it's like you're saying. But that's the counter argument. They're trying to bring a tzad chamur is only in the world of the rabbanans. So um, um, that's I'm, I'm not sure if it's really a kasha here, um, but um, but that's that's again let's let's call it an observation at this stage. I'm not exactly sure how what the Gemara is doing with that. Like the mafarshim I've seen so far all explain it. I think slightly uh, slightly differently. Okay, Seder. Call to have a good day.